Bags, it's Super Bowl week, my man. Uh, it's early in Super Bowl week, but fi- I know I've said to you, as a fan, I, I don't like the long gap between Championship Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. And and I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because as a member of the media, I should love it. But as a fan, I don't love it so, so much. No, but it's finally wrong. here. Man. You're dead wrong. The two weeks is perfect buildup, man. You need that buildup, that excitement, that lead up. Look, waiting for the game, talking about the game is such a big part of the Super Bowl. So this is the best week, man. All I have to say to you is Brady Mahomes. You could have played that thing Monday after Championship Sunday, and I'd have been ready to go. We've got a great way to kick off Super Bowl week. Tiki Barber, man, the Giants, great. Trained in Albany, New York, of course, with training camp. He's the all-time leading rusher in franchise history, and it isn't even close. And I can't wait to ask him about just his career in general because he left at the height of his game. Reminiscent of what Barry Sanders did in a lot of ways. Let's get things going here on Honorado and Bagnardi. In this case, two is not better than one. Who are any of these guys? You're doubling it. You're doubling it. That's major. They were the best team last year, and they just got a whole lot better. This is Honorado and Bagnardi. Driven by Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet. All right, Bags, inside a week until kickoff of Super Bowl 55, man, the Bucks and the Chiefs. It, it, it feels like it's the matchup everybody wanted all along, even though you know I was rooting for the other side in the NFC on Sunday. All that said, I can't wait to see Brady and Mahomes in the spotlight. Let's get to our guest. Tiki Barber, the great Giants running back, is with us here, and he's part of a really cool event on Super Bowl Sunday to get you ready, and it's on the Sue app, which we'll explain here in a little bit here, but Tiki, man, it's it's great to, to talk with you. Thank you for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, Chris, Sean. Good to see you guys. How are you a Packers fan, dude? You, like, aren't you East Coast? What's up with yeah. that? Are you a front runner? Born, at, <laughs> born and raised in New Jersey. The first jersey I ever owned, because I just thought he had the coolest name on the planet when I was a young kid, Sterling Sharp. Oh, uh, well, he was a badass. I guess, I guess it's, was, okay. it's okay to be a Sterling Sharp fan. <laughs> so that's how I got hooked into that. That was even before Favre was who Favre ended up being and who Rodgers is now. Um Let's talk about this matchup here, Tiki, because I know you on CBS Sports Radio, Tiki and Tierney, you can hear it weekdays from three until six. Um, is this a game that needs buildup or do you yeah. just have to tell people Brady, Mahomes, let's go? That's really all you got to do. You just got to look at the, the two components of this game, the Chiefs and the Bucks, and say, all right, have at it. Uh, you're, 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 you're going to be entertained no matter what happens. And look, you got the greatest of all time and, and, uh, and Tom Brady going up against Pat Mahomes, who is this up-and-comer who's accomplished so much at 25 years old with a Super Bowl MVP and an MVP the season before that. It's just the matchup just – presents itself as this amazing um, you know, collection of talent going against each other. And you have the coaches uh, who are both exceptional in their own right. Bruce Arians, who took so long to get a head coach, and now he's the oldest head coach to um, you know, have his first Super Bowl appearance. Um, and, and obviously on the other side, Andy Reid, my nemesis from his Eagles days, uh, has proven he's one of the great coaches really in the history of the game when you look at his success in Philly and then obviously his recent success in Kansas City. So the, the buildup is just Turn it on, man. It's going to be great. You know it's going to be great. So there's always a lot of talk around legacy when we get into Super Bowls and and who the game is more important for. When you look at these two quarterbacks, Brady and Mahomes, 
Who do you think is a bigger game for career-wise? Career-wise, it's obviously Pat Mahomes, but I think from a greatness standpoint, it's it's Tom Brady. I when when Brandon Tierney, who does my show with me, BT on Tiki and Tierney, when we first started our show uh, doing sports radio. We do it every day, and it's been eight years now. Um, one of the first things that came out of those because I didn't know him, I didn't know him previously. BT, we were just talking about our fandom. Obviously, he's a huge Jets fan, yep. uh, being from Brooklyn, and he's struggled <laughs> with that fandom for a lot of years. Uh, but he asked me if I was a fan, and I was like, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm actually a fan because I, I was in it for too long and my loyalty had to change. I grew up in Southwest Virginia, so I was a, at the time, Redskins fan, uh, now the Washington football team. And when I got drafted by the Giants, my loyalties had to change because that's where the paychecks were coming from. Um, and so as a result, my fandom is like odd. But what I watch sports for, and this is all sports, uh, but football in particular, is greatness. Like, I want to see greatness. I want to see someone uh, who 15 or 20 years from now, I can say, well, I remember when XYZ player did this. And this is the case with Tom Brady. I remember when Tom Brady you know, led this two-decade run with the New England Patriots, went to seven – or went to uh, – how many Super Bowls did he go to? He went to nine Super Bowls um, and, 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 and got six champions. Chips, and now he's on his 10th like the greatness factor makes tom brady such a compelling figure all right tiki let's get into this game here a little bit man i leg aside which is the better team uh tampa yeah surprised some people being the five seed in the nfc and now here and we all know how great kansas city is but how much of a shot do you give the bucks so I give him a good shot, actually. We said we've seen Tom Brady always be able to rise to the occasion, even when he doesn't play great football. I mean, last weekend or two weekends ago, uh, when with this, if, this, if this is Super Bowl week, championship week, he threw three interceptions in that game against the Packers. But their defense yep. was so stout. Uh, Shaq Barrett and JPP were just menaces off the edges. Five, I think, combined sacks between the two of them. But they also had a bunch of tackles for loss as well. So defensively, this Bucks team gives you a chance, even if – and Tom Brady makes some mistakes. So you ask who's the better team. On paper, it's the Buccaneers. It's the greatest of all time quarterback. It's Mike Evans. Maybe even Antonio Brown plays and Chris Godwin. Oh, and Gronk is there as well. Like they have everything that you want. The run game with Leonard Fournette and, and, Ro and Rojo, Ronald Jones. It's it's stout, right? You just, and the defense that we were just talking about. They're young and developing in the secondary. But Antoine Winfield and those guys, they're good players. So on paper, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it, mm. it, an interesting contradiction is that the better team is actually the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's because of how dynamic Pat Mahomes is. And no matter the circumstance, no matter the coverage defensive-wise that you throw at him, he's he's going to find ways to pick it apart. Like we saw this consistently with the Bills, right? The Bills in that first matchup, whenever it was, early in the season, they put, they blitzed none at all. They didn't, they didn't rush an extra player at all. And they got picked apart, and they and they ran for 245 yards. Did the Chiefs did? We saw it this week, this past weekend in the AFC Championship game. The Bills played different. Kansas City Chiefs just kind of ran away from them. So I, I think the better team is the Chiefs. But if we were just doing this on paper, let's go. This guy against this guy. This yeah. guy against this yeah. guy. This guy. You say the Bucks, but I think the better team is actually the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting. When we see these high-powered offenses now, you know it seems like there's so much of an emphasis on the passing game, and you being mm -hmm. such a great on all time running backs. What's it like now when you see kind of the evolution of the game and do you feel like you wish there was more an emphasis on the running game in today's NFL? Yeah, well, I think it, it's it's not there's lack of an emphasis. I wish there was more appreciation for the running back position. 
because now running backs are being asked to do so much. I mean, how many times do you see the running back be sort of like the decoy? Like he runs out, he's standing out as a wide receiver. Sometimes he'll motion back in. They're just trying to determine whether or not the defense is playing man coverage or zone coverage. But sometimes they just leave him out there and they say, all right, go run a route. And you know what? Some of these quarterbacks will chunk it to him, right? That's 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 a skill that in my day, I mean, maybe 10 guys had, you know what I mean? Nowadays, if you don't have that ability to motion out or be or line up out of the backfield and be a, a viable wide receiving option, you don't play. And so I think I think it looks different. A lot of the things that we attribute to running backs is are just, you know, how many carries did you have? How many yards did you have per carry? You know, did you score any rushing touchdowns, banging in in the red zone? But really it's how versatile can you be the position? And so it's it's unappreciated, but it doesn't mean that it's it's a useless position anymore in the NFL. Yeah, this is where I can say hashtag sign Aaron Jones, I think. <laughs> exactly, right? right? If you're a Packers fan. Is, yeah, right. Uh, Tiki, man, more than 10,000 yards rushing. You're also the Giants' second all-time leading receiver. So you mentioned mm -hmm. maybe in, in your career there were 10 guys who could do it. You did it at the absolute highest of highs. But I look back at your career, man, and I look at the numbers, and I, I imagine you do as well. But I know you You at the time when you retired, you had good reason. You were like, I just I don't want to beat up my body any more than yeah. I already have. But 1,600 yards, what, in your last year? Yeah. 1,860 the year before that? I mean, yeah. I, in my mind, man, I think, damn, that's what Barry Sanders did. He walked <laughs> away when we were all still wanting more. Do you look yeah. back and think – I still had a good three, four years left in me. I mean, maybe, but here's, here's the thing. And by the way, it was 1600 the year before that one. So it was 16, 18, 16. I, I mean, I was having some good years and I was just strong. Like I was very sure of myself. Like I knew how to find success. I knew regardless of what a defense was going to do that I could, we could outsmart you. Um, and, and we were going to make plays happen in the passing game, but also in the run game as well. But I mean, the truth of the matter is, and, and, and it sucks because timing wise, I didn't think the giants were close to winning a super bowl at the time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, you know what? These other things are more important to me. I, I mean, maybe they win in a couple of years, but it's not going to be in my lifetime. And then they messed around and won it the next year. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the commitment that I, that I had to have, cause I'm, I mean, you look at me now, I'm 185 pounds, right? And when I played, I was 212 pounds. Uh, that's, mm. that was not natural for me. So to keep on that weight and to work out and to power lift and deadlift and squat and do all these things, it was a grind and I was committed to it until I wasn't. And as soon as I wasn't committed to doing that anymore and in the, in the toll that it was taking on my body, I was ready to explore all of these other things that were coming my way, um, both in media and in travel and, and, uh, I mean, I went to Israel on the request of the prime minister, Shimon Perez, and then I had lunch with Condoleezza Rice. It was just interesting things that were starting to happen to me that 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 peaked a different part of my brain. Um, and and I was ready to be done with football. I wasn't re uh, willing to commit uh, the time in the offseason. So I walked away. Uh, the timing sucks to most people because they want a Super Bowl afterwards, but it was right for me. Um, and, and I knew that I couldn't commit like I had previously committed. Uh, yeah, I could have played two or three more years and, you know, got it in championship. And, um, but who knows if that would have actually been the case. Right. Tiki, I got to ask you this. I asked Terrell Davis this and we had him on the show. And I'm curious if your answer is the same because you two of the just all time greats. And it was about the scouting report in your mind as you're playing. So yeah. my question was, is it 
you have this idea of what's going to happen before the snap and where the play is designed and where the hole is going to be. And then the ball is snapped and you just go. And is it at that point instinct, read and react? Or is there still some of that scouting report in your mind when maybe a certain linebacker is coming at you? You're thinking of his (laughs) tendencies. Yeah. Is it it that much? Yeah, it's the latter. You're always so. Well, it's ingrained. It becomes second nature. And this is why the best players are the best studiers. And I'm not saying that they're the smartest people, but they have the football IQ and you you can see it. Like you can actually see it on the field. Those who have great football IQs, like they find that they find their ways into the perfect spaces all the time. And, and, and you're like, oh, wow, that's just, he's just a great athlete. It's like, no, he prepared for that. Right. And so for me, and I'll give you a perfect example uh, against the Oakland Raiders in um, 2005. I think it was. It was. It was. It was New Year's Eve. We were playing Oakland out in Oakland, and we were backed up. Luke Pettigrew jumped off sides, and we were on the five yard line instead of the ten. Uh, everybody knew what play we were running. We were running 36 power, which is a you know tight end front side, fullback front side. Everybody's just smashing downhill. Backside guard is pulling around. We're smashing all into into the C gap. Just get four yards, right? All we're trying to do is get out from the uh, the, the the shadow of our own end zone. Right. And you know, I as I'm standing back there, and, and Eli's calling out calling out the signal. I can hear the defense cheating, right? So they're cheating. They're saying power, power, power. To them, it's to their left. So they're like power, power, power. And so I'm like, all right, all these guys are overplaying. And in fact, the linebackers. Um, because the defense they were in, this is where recognition comes in. The linebackers plussed over. So they they moved over just so they could stop the power front side for us. But when I looked at their defense, it messed up their defense because the backside linebacker was on the edge of the line of scrimmage. If he was still in the well, right, if he was still sitting in that well, then I'm, it, it's dead. They're going to stop us for two or three yards. But they had lined up with that backside linebacker on the end of the line of scrimmage. So there's nobody in the well, especially after they start cheating, right? So they know what play we're running. They start cheating. It opens up this like this little hole in the backside. And so as I'm standing back there, I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. If my center, Sean O'Hare at the time, if he cuts off this, this D-tackle, this backside D-tackle, there is nobody back there, like nobody. And so as the play starts, I'm going downhill. I'm keeping my my whole body directed where I'm supposed to go. But my eyes are like cheating. And so my whole body is going forward, take a jab step, going downhill, going downhill. I see Sean smash off that backside uh, uh, D tackle. Everybody who cheated, they're all way outside now because they think I'm going that side. I stick my foot in the ground. I cut behind uh, my center's uh, butt, and all of a sudden, I'm in the open field. The safety's filling. I make him miss in the open field, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm at the sideline, and I'm at 30 yards and 40 yards, and then Plexico Burris comes and picks me up, and he starts blocking the the, the safety that's back there, and then Amani Toomer comes flying from all the way on the other side of the field. He blocks the other safety, and all of a sudden, I have this escort 95 yards down the field. Right. And that only happened because I had studied what they like to do defensively. And then once they started cheating, I knew that they were dead. And so a huge play happened, not because I was just naturally athletic at that point. I mean, I was old. Um, uh, I wasn't even the fastest guy for sure. But like it was above it was a it was an above the X's and O's execution of a play and sometimes you see that and you you, you chalk it up oh that was a great athletic play but it's really a lot more that goes involved in some of those things like that and that's still the longest run in Giants history, 95 yards. It was that your second to last year, I think, if I'm remembering that was, correctly. That was, yeah. that was, that was 05. 
I can remember that run. Yeah. Um, all right, Tiki, let's talk about this cool thing you're doing on Super Bowl Sundays. You can tell yeah. Bags and I are all in on the digital show and the ability to kind of reach more people with sports talk uh, beyond the Albany area. We both work for the local NBC. Yeah. Uh, but this is a way to really kind of broaden what we're able to do. And so what you're doing with Sue is really cool. If people don't know about it, just go to your app store on your phone, download the app Sue, and there's a pregame show. And it's really an all day event with yeah. Tiki and a bunch of other personalities on that app. It starts at one o'clock Sunday afternoon. That's exactly right. So just for those who don't aren't familiar with Sue, Sue is a no, new social media app that allows its content providers to share in the revenue, the ad revenue that the company generates. Now, we all know this and and from all the other social app, uh, apps out there, ad revenue is massive. Right? It's how these guys, these these, these companies make money, but a lot of that is not shared with the influencers or the creators, unless you're of these uh, special ilk. What Sue allows creators to do uh, is gain support with a support button. You can watch an ad that supports you even more uh, and, and generate some of that ad revenue that is that is that is with the company. It's actually split 50-50. So it's a different uh, take on how influencers can monetize their content. But that being said, I do a Sue live show every Wednesday morning. It's 10:30 to 11:30. And you know, I talk sports and have a good time and sometimes bring on some 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 guests. And so for the Super Bowl, we're basically going to do a long Sue live show. Uh, that previews the game, and it's me and my brother. If he can be available, because he's gonna he's down in Tampa, he actually might be at the game. And um, you know, Tino Martinez is gonna be a part of this. Montel Williams. So it's yeah. all different people, but but all fans of the game. And it's not just gonna be football talk. We're not just gonna be X's and O's. It's gonna be you know, what are you drinking? You know, what are you making? Um, right. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fan talk on Sue Live, and it's right in the app. All you gotta do is after you download the app, is click on the Sue Live um, icon at the top left of the of the app and and you'll be tuned in watching this pregame show so it's, it's going to be fun it's going to be unique and it's going to be a little bit different shout out on facebook they're loving your cavaliers hoodie yeah representing uva here yeah, uh, you cavaliers lost for the first time conference game in like 360 no. days or something against virginia tech which crushes me because that's my and rival that, and that was a game they had i know it. they had it just kind of it kind of i don't know what happened in the, in the last yeah. 10 minutes of the game yeah. they ended up getting blown out actually Right, we the final say, score got uh, worse than it was. We got to say thank you, man, for all of the time that you would spend in Albany with the Giants training camp. I was oh, one yeah. of the people who was down there. You were, I remember, you were always so nice. You were one of those people who always made the time. You know that was the thing. And of course, you were one of the main people who fans were going down there to see. And, and yeah. you were always super nice about making the time and signing autographs. So. Thank you on behalf of everybody here in Albany yeah. for doing that. I know people here still miss Giants training camp. Oh, yeah. And uh, people like you are a big reason why. Oh, it was fun up there. I mean, people think it was, oh, you're in the middle. You're like, you're, you're two hours away from New York yeah. City. Like, what are you guys doing? There's nobody there. There's no students there. But the fans came. And I got to tell you, I hung out all the time because what the heck else was I going to do? Uh, and so I'm having a, I'm, I met so many people that are that became friends, uh, lifelong friends up there in, in Albany that I never would have interacted with uh, if I hadn't been in training camp up there. And, you know, I, I like to sit and sign autographs and a bunch of kids were there. Some of these kids, I still, you know, they hit me up on social media and they're they're like 30 now. And I'm like, what? Wait, hold on. <laughs> what? It's like, yeah, I was that 12 year old kid, you know, you, you, 
And so, I mean, it, th those are great times. I, I, I miss the fact that training camps aren't um, away. They're not destination anymore. Most yep. of the new facilities that teams have built, I mean, you kind of have to do it at those new facilities. And so the Giants are the same way. They have it right at the Meadowlands. But Albany, was it was great. I loved it going up there for 10 years. Tiki, man, we so appreciate it. I know you got a radio show to prepare for. Thank you for taking the time with us again. Tiki and Tierney every weekday, three to six. Uh, you can watch it too, which is the way we like to do our sports talk bag, CBS <laughs> Sports Network. You can watch Tiki and Tierney. Thank you so much, man. Uh, look for Tiki, Super Bowl Sunday, one o'clock. Go download the Sue app and hang out. That interactive experience will be really, really cool. Thank you, man. Sean, Chris, appreciate you guys. Be well. Thank you. The great Tiki Barber with us here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Still the Giants all-time leading rusher. I don't think anybody catches him. You look at the gap, Tiki won from two. It, I, nobody is going to catch him uh, with more than 10,400 yards rushing in his career. When we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, let's dive into our own Super Bowl predictions here, Bags. Do I have the guts to bet against Brady again? I've been feeling <laughs> like I've been doing it all my life, and I'm always, always wrong. We're back right after this. This wasn't my first vehicle, so I wanted something cool, stylish, and dependable. The process was so easy and comfortable. I lead an active lifestyle, my days are busy, and I need a vehicle I can depend on and enjoy driving. As soon as I test drove the Honda Passport from Mohawk Honda, I knew it was the perfect vehicle for me. I love technology and this Passport has it all. I'm Cassie from Boston Spa. That's my story, and this is my Mohawk Honda, where they really do go out of their way to please you. Now back to Toronto and Bagnardi. We're driven by Mohawk Honda, Mohawk Chevrolet, Mohawk Honda, Route 50 in Glenville, Mohawk Chevrolet, right off exit nine in Clifton Park. Um, people were loving that segment. How could you not? Tiki yeah, Barber, man, he was man. great. And, you know, it was the same thing. Like when we talked to Terrell Davis, these guys are just on a different level you know, mentally, we know they are physically, right? We can see that. We see that talent. There's a God-given talent there that others don't have. But right. a lot of people do have it. You know, the, there are still elite guys who are extremely talented, but when it goes to that next level, it's up here. And that's why. I mean, those guys had that combination of that great talent and that great mentality to be able to pick up the littlest thing, and then, boom, you're going 95 right. Yeah, crazy. And by the uh, way, by the way Saquon, I'm playing a little bit. Saquon could be one of those guys too, right? I mean, you, you said this record's going to be hard to beat, and I, and yes, I don't, I don't know that Saquon gets gets to the certain numbers. He needs to stay on the field first of all. But I love the running back position, man. It's always my favorite. It's always been my favorite in football, and I I do wish there was more of the you know the hundred yard rushers and that kind of thing per game and sixteen hundred yards shoot for two thousand yards in a season. We don't see enough of that. But that's why I love Saquon, and I think he's really the best since Tiki in a Giants uniform, so I'm excited about him. Yeah, there's no doubt he is. You're right. Production and talent are one thing. The availability is, is, a, is a whole nother thing. All right, Chiefs-Bucks. 
Sunday night, man, 6.30. And I always joke, like, no one will ever see my News Channel 13 sportscast at 6.20 because it usually coincides right with uh, the national anthem, which a lot of people these days have a good amount of money on. Yeah. Chiefs are only a three-point favorite. Now, look, anything above, like, five in a Super Bowl feels like a big number, but this is a lot of respect to, obviously, the guy who's won six rings. Yeah, and rightfully so, because they weren't the best team in the last game they played, but they won. They're not the best team in this game. And because of Brady, you have to assume they'll at the very least keep it close, if not win. So I think the three-point spread is fair, because I do think the Chiefs are better, but I do think Brady will keep it close. I'm starting to think this is going to be a high-scoring game. You know, those three points, this could be this could be. 35, 32, 38, 35, some, somewhere in there. Um, but I do give the edge to the Chiefs as well here. And I'm going to – I'll settle on 38, 35 for my prediction. Kansas City. Yeah. Okay. Um, high scoring would be fun. I think the over-under came out at 57 is where Vegas initially set that number. I would go – oh, boy – in my mind, I was thinking 31-24 Kansas City, which would put me under the 57. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Are we both at the end of this show going to say Chiefs over Brady? I mean, I know he's lost three Super Bowls, but it just feels like every time I think, okay, this team's then, – then Brady finds a way to get it done. And Tiki just said to us, if you look kind of man for man, he likes the Bucks roster over Kansas City's. I know. But he isn't Superman. He he does the incredible and he does find ways. And I always tell you, don't bet against him. Don't bet against yeah. him. Um, but at the same time, this isn't the Brady Belichick. This isn't the New England Patriots. It, it is different. And I know that it, it is still Tom Brady. And because of him, there's always going to be that extra thing. And they're always going to have that chance. But it's not quite the same. And this Chiefs team, they're different. I mean, they are exceptionally talented they have so many weapons and at the end of the day I mean if right now if you could take Pat Mahomes or Tom Brady you're taking Patrick Mahomes right so I think they have the edge in all the important areas it will be close but I am taking Kansas City Uh, look I think the Mahomes Brady conversation is interesting if you're asking me go win one game but if you're asking me to go win over the next five years of course I'm taking Patrick Mahomes Uh, can the Rams win in the next couple of years. That's what they have left on Matthew Stafford's contract after pulling off a major, I mean, the, the timing of it surprised me. It was late Saturday night. I'm sitting at work and this comes down that LA has a deal to get Matthew Stafford and they gave up a haul, but I think this is absolutely the right call for the Rams. They are working on borrowed time here. The window is shrinking when you talk about the dominant defensive players like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, Go win now. At least I like teams' bags. You feel like you're in a spot to win. Go try to win. I love when teams are aggressive like this. I'm cool with what L.A. did. Do you think they gave up too much in Jared Goff, two firsts, and a third? I do. I think it's too much. Sell me on Matthew Stafford being that guy. That's what I need you to do for me right now because you are – you're, you're supportive of this trade, right? You think, yep. okay, the yep. window is, is shrinking and he can be a guy who in that window can get us over the top, right? Tell me why. What separates him so much more from 
from Jared Goff or maybe some others to where he is that guy for you? Well, Stafford's more talented than Goff. Um, he's got a better arm than Goff. Um, I think if you were to put Matthew Stafford in a spot where he's got talent around him, right? Like and Calvin Ken- Johnson? Like Calvin Johnson. Look, look at the numbers Stafford Stafford's career numbers bags, when you look at them, he's going to be top 10 passing yards, top 10 passing touchdowns. I mean, the guy is going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and so is Phillip Rivers. He's Phillip Rivers to me. No, I, I don't think he is. I think I think he's he, I think he's more talented than Rivers. And I think if you give him uh, Calvin Johnson's one example, but honestly, man, like the defense in Detroit has never been good. This defense in LA was number one last year. Agreed. I They're think the Rams team. felt like we're just a, a, a talented enough quarterback away, and Sean McVay will find a way to cut down on the turnovers with Stafford, which has always kind of been the bugaboo with him. Yeah. So. Why I do like it. He is he is better than Goff. I agree with you on that. And we've, we've talked about consistently on this show putting quarterbacks in particular in the right situation, right? Yep. Yep. And even a guy who struggles like Sam Darnold, maybe if you put him in the right situation with the right weapons, do we see that like a Baker Mayfield kind of jump where, okay, now things are a little bit different here. Um, so, yes, I think it, putting Stafford in a better situation – will certainly allow him to be more successful. Um, but this is an awful lot, man. I mean, he he's better than Goff, yes, but, I mean, you just had it on the board. That is an awful lot to give up. So that's why I have that little hesitation. I agree with you that, look, McVay is good, and and he will, he will I think, bring out the best in Stafford. That, that system that they have will bring out the best in Stafford which and then Stafford in turn could bring out the best in them and they could be very successful because I've, I've been high on this Rams team. You know that uh, it just seems like a little too much for me because Stafford hasn't proven it yet. So how about this? The Rams, the last time the Rams had a first round pick, right, that they actually used. Yeah. They took Jared Goff. That was 2016. They won't have another first round pick until 2027. Will they have a first-round pick before the Brooklyn Nets? or about the same? Ooh, That might be close, actually. That might be close. I don't even want to look it up. <laughs> that might be really close. I like that the Rams are going all in. I'm cool with that. Uh, you know, I'm not predicting that, yes, it's absolutely going to work and they're going to win a Super Bowl. But if I were at Rivers Casino right now, I would definitely throw some money down on the Rams because I think they're like plus 1,100. Don't say Rivers. So, they just said he's like Rivers. So, listen, <laughs> are, are they better right now? Are they the best team in the division right now with Stafford? They're better than Seattle, right? I mean, San Francisco. It's close, man. It's close. Okay. If Garoppolo's healthy, that's a 49ers team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago. That division is, I mean, uber competitive. It really is. Arizona's really good. That that division is – is really good, but I like the Rams. They're all in. Let's go. Let's see. Let's see if we can win this thing. If you got predictions for the game, we'll throw them up here. Carol says, "Mrs. Brady with the Pats. Her money's on Patrick Mahomes. I, look, that's the smart money, right? There's no doubt that's the smart money. It just feels like money I may not be willing to risk when the other guy on the side is is Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Who would you rather have a final drive going down on, on this coming Sunday? Who do you want?" If you could be down, but you get the ball last this Sunday, you'd rather it be Brady with a long history or rather it be Mahomes? 
Brady. Yeah, I agree. But but I'll bring up a bad memory for our next guest, Sean Martin, because uh, I believe it was his Raiders had a, a lead late against Kansas City. They were about to beat him for the second time this season. And Mahomes, just like blink of an eye, the, all of a sudden the lead was gone and and he only needed 40-some seconds or something to get it done, I believe. So all the talent around Mahomes and everything he's got in his bag of tricks, Mahomes is one special dude. But I just have seen it too I mean, many times. They just did it last year, too. It's not like they can't be playing from behind in a Super Bowl and come back. And we've compared them to the Golden State Warriors of old yeah. where they flip a switch and all of a sudden they dump all these points on you. So it, you're not in a bad position either way there. But I just think, too, with the long history, if I've got one drive to win a Super Bowl, it might be Brady forever. I won my third grade spelling bee, so I know that there is no D in Brooklyn, and that's playing out on the court as well. We've also got a Major League Baseball proposal here to the union, to the players' union. Will they shorten the season but still pay them the full 162? Will they expand the playoffs? Will they have a universal DH? we got all that coming on the show here, but coming up next, another guest, Sean Martin. Now, I love, I love running into this guy around the Capital Region at sporting events. Big hockey fan, covers hockey for the Times Union. He's got a book out that we want to talk to him about because I think it strikes a really personal chord with a lot of parents, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a really good read. It's a quick read. It's a fun read, um, but it, it touches, I think, to the, to the soul of, of people who are parents. We're going to talk with Sean Martin next on Honorado and Bagnardi. Depressed, overworked, job sucks, underappreciated. When life sucks, <laughs> just say Dilligaff. Our clothing line puts the FU back into fun. Nothing will give you greater satisfaction. Dilligaff isn't just an attitude, it's a lifestyle. Some people ride the crazy train, we drive that mother. Check out our selection at DillaGaffUSA.com. Now back to Honorado and Bagnardi. We're driven by Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet back here on Honorado and Bagnardi as we get you ready for Super Bowl Sunday. We talked with Tiki Barber earlier in the show, so if you missed that, you can just hit the old rewind on Facebook and catch up with that. Or if you just like to listen on the go, we got you covered there. Wherever you find your podcasts, just search for Honorado and Bagnardi, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts, check us out there. All right, Bags, our next guest is a friend of mine, run into him at a lot of Capital Region sporting events, and uh, and always love talking some sports with Sean Martin. He's a big Raiders fan. He's a big Bruins fan. As a Devils fan, I'm not going to hold that against him. Thank Sean, you. how are you, buddy? It's good to see you. Good, guys. How are you guys today? We're really good, man. Thanks, thanks for taking the time with us here. And congrats 
on the book. The book, for everybody who doesn't know, it's called Dear Liam and Noah, Letters from Daddy. Um, how old were your boys, Sean, when you thought, I've got a lot to say to these two, and I want to make sure that I don't have to worry about remembering it. I want them to be able to read it. You know, I, I when the boys were born, I, I was 50 when they were born. Um, they're four now, four and a half. And I, I always kind of thought of maybe doing a, a video for them, just mm. something they would always have for an archive. And then when we went down uh, for the pandemic back in March, we pulled the kids out of daycare. I worked from home for three months. I, I came across a graphic designer uh, that I met through social media that did business cards for me. And she had written a similar book to her daughter. And I thought it was a great idea. And I actually contacted her and said, hey, you know, do you mind if I do this? And she's like, you know, I don't own the copyright to it. <laughs> so she gave me your blessing, which is what I wanted, because, you know, hey, I was I was taking the idea. But uh, I took some time, came up with some ideas and chapter topics. And then once uh, once I returned to work, um, I started writing it. And I, I don't know when they'll be old enough to really understand and comprehend the whole thing, but it's there. And there's there's 21 different chapters doing 21 different topics. So some they may understand early, some they may not, and they'll get to them a little later. So obviously it's it's for them, but who else is the book for? You know, who else can read it and, and really glean a lot from it and learn from it and benefit from it? I think based on reaction I've heard from people, it, it, it could relate to a lot of different people. It could relate to um an adolescent a young teenager who may not be sure of themselves in school uh may not be maybe struggling with with high school or even you get to college and keeping keeping focused on having a plan and you know kind of keep your eye on the prize also for other parents uh, whether it's younger parents or even older parents i think one of the main things that i'm trying to message i'm trying to convey in the book is you're never never too old to stop learning and more importantly, stop evolving. Uh, you know, the world changes every day. And uh, I think it's important, at least for me, in my experience, change is a great thing. And um, it kind of sends that message along as to, you know, with some backing up of some of my personal details. Sean, if you don't have your sons later in life, do you think you're still writing this book? You know, that's a great question, Chris. I, I don't know. Um, I'd like to think, yes, I'd always wanted to do a book, never really could think of an idea never really had a purpose like that. But, but then it came in. I, I, I don't think so because I think being an older first time parent at 50, um, I see things a little differently. I think yeah. I value it. Not that, you know, all parents don't value their children, but, but maybe I can appreciate it a little more given the struggle, um, and the weight that I had, first of all, getting married when I was 42, um, so I think maybe maybe not. I wouldn't have if, if I'd had them, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Would you recommend twins at 50? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, why not? Hey, uh, you know, instant family, right? Go big or go home. I think I've thrown every cliche out there I can in the last four plus years. It's It's been an absolute blessing. And, you know, we knew when we hit the age I was 50, my wife was 40, that we we're probably going to be one and done. And one thing we always said was if we have one, hey, they're going to get enough love for both of us, but wouldn't it be great if they had a sibling? And uh, bang, there you go. And literally the day we found out, 
we thought we were just having one child uh, for a week. And the next week we found out there were two in there and I was overcome. I had to sit down and they were like, I think the, the medical people dealing with us thought I was upset. I wasn't upset. I was, my wife's like, no, he's happy. You know, <laughs> it was, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a different thing for sure, but uh, it's hard. You know what? Uh, but it's, it's awesome. It's good heart is what I say. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll take it any day of the week and uh, cherish every moment. They would have needed a spatula to get me off the ground after that. News. I would have been flattened right out. Um, Sean, I'm curious, what role did sports play uh, in the book or your background in sports and how influential are sports in general in the book? I'd say they're pretty influential just in a sense that sports has been a big influence on my entire life. I've been a sports fan forever. Um, I used to study box scores in the, in the morning paper when I lived in California growing up seven, eight years old. Um, Played a little bit of sports in high school, but as Chris said, I'm a big Raider fan, Bruin fan, you know, you name it. I love it. But I also think in addition to just being a sports fan, there's a lot of life experiences that can be drawn from sports that I use in the book. Learning how to be a good teammate, that translates not just to a baseball team, but also in the office environment. Learning how to succeed, but also more importantly, learning how to fail and how to get back up after you fail. So I think there's so many parallels that come from sports to real life that um, that it does translate. And I use a lot of sports as my examples to drive home my points. I'm gonna show the people the book again here. It's Dear Liam and Noah, Letters from Daddy. Uh, Sean, we know the large places where you can all buy a book online. Where can you find this book locally though? Yeah, Chris, I appreciate you asking. I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of supporting local business, small business. Uh, it's important to shop local. And, and you could get the book at uh, I Love Books in Del Mar, uh, the town I grew up in and went to Bethlehem Central, uh, the Book House in Stuyvesant Plaza in Albany, and Market Block Books in Troy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so definitely go get this book. Don't do it all the places that I get lazy and do my online shopping. Go to those local businesses, uh, support those businesses, but also support our buddy Sean and, and pick up that book. Like I said, it's it's an informative, but it, but it's a quick read. Um, and congrats on the book, man. Before we let you go, who's your pick for Sunday? It's a tough one because as a Raider fan, I don't know if I've ever rooted for the Chiefs. <laughs> um, but given what happened uh, two years ago with Antonio Brown, his short stay, uh with the raiders i'm gonna go chiefs 34 31. uh mahomes at the second he's the guy i would have ball you guys were talking about that two minutes yeah. left in the game i would give it to him he's done it so many times he's not quite as good as kenny stabler was back in the 70s and 80s but uh he's pretty good so i'll go chiefs 34 31. and you still hold a tuck rule grudge uh very much so yes. uh, yeah that was a fumble it was a fumble. Uh, we might need another hour time to go over that one, but uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's it's a few years ago, but I'm still living it. Sean, thank you so much, man. The book is Dear Liam and Noah: Letters from Daddy. Uh, can't wait to run into you sometime soon. I hope at an actual college hockey game or something where sports are being played. Hockey rink, basketball sideline, football sideline, wherever. Let's let's just get to it, and hopefully everybody can can do it safe and healthy. You knew it. You know it. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy as well, Sean. Uh, thanks for taking the time with us, buddy. I appreciate your time. Thank you.
That's Sean Martin. You can read his work in the Times Union. You can also, of course, check out the book, which we so want you to do. All right, so Sean's taking the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and he's taking Mahomes late in a game. Yeah, and we all are. We're all yeah. on him. By the way, the tuck rule. Um, are we here today with it? With if the tuck rule call is called no. the way I see it correctly, yeah, no. as Sean pointed out, being a fumble. No. Um, is is everything the same? Is Tom Brady no. the same? Is the legacy the same? That one play, right? It's crazy. Look, it is too good to not have gone on to still had a great career. Yes, he still would have had a great career. How many rings, though? Which is really the the biggest thing that sets him apart. If you look statistically at Brady's career when he's said and done, you're not going to, you know, you're not, you wouldn't even put him in there with the Rivers and Breeze and Staffords. I mean, statistically, he wouldn't match up. No, but you can't look. I sent you a statistic over the week. Brady's been to. 10 Super Bowls out of 21 seasons or whatever yeah. it is, you know, mid 40s percent. And the comparison that I sent you was Steph Curry's three point shooting percentage is just under it in the in the low 40s. So Brady has a better chance in any given season of reaching the Super Bowl than Steph Curry does of hitting any three point shot he puts up, which just blows your mind because of how we think of Curry. Right. Correct. To think that, yeah, I mean, look, when you tell me 10 of 21, okay, I know my mind says that's close to 50%, but when you put it in the context of Brady's going to make a Super Bowl more often than Curry's going to make a three. It's insane, right? That's that's crazy. So, yes, so with that being said, I think Brady, of course, still goes on to have success, still goes on to win championships. But it's funny how just that one – I mean, you could – Track it back to the Drew Bledsoe play without that. And because then then you're talking about does a guy get an opportunity? So yeah. that's of course a lot different. But if he does, he still has a great career. It's just to what magnitude. And Sean chiming in here. It was a fumble. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it was a fumble. Yeah. Um, hey, so we went from twins, Tiki and Rondé, right? To Liam and Noah. Yeah. Didn't even plan it. Sometimes it just works out that way. All right. Do you think we're going to have a shortened Major League Baseball season? Is the league going to get what it wants? And you know, this this is like um, what baseball is proposing, Bags, is like a bill going to the floor of the Senate, right, or the House. Because here's the headline, right? This is what we want. We're going to pay you for a full season. You're only going to have to play 154. Oh, by the way. Don't pay attention to all the pork that's built into this thing. And that's what baseball, I think, is hoping is that maybe the players union will overlook some of the things knowing we're still going to get paid a full salary for playing even fewer games. We'll talk about that next on Honorado and Bagnard. I lead a busy lifestyle and wanted a vehicle with the space I need and loaded with bells and whistles. Dre was fun to work with and found a great deal for me to find new roads at Mohawk Chevrolet. And right now you should reserve your 2021 Silverado because we can't keep them in stock during truck month at Mohawk Chevrolet. Or cash in on 0.9 financing on select 2020 models for up to 72 months right now during truck month at Mohawk Chevrolet. I'm Kimmy from Clifton Park, and that's my story, and this is my Mohawk Chevrolet, where they always go out of their way to please you. So, what does Capcom have that your bank doesn't? You'll love our lower fees and great rates, and a team of financial experts who put you first. What's not to love? We even make it easy to switch. Visit us and open your account today. And find out what it's like to bank where you matter most. Now back to 
Honorado and Bagnardi. Honorado and Bagnardi, driven by Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet. Um, Bags, the baseball season, I've felt this way for a little bit. Like, I'm ready for baseball season. And it really hit me hard this weekend without any NFL games. Like, and you know, I'm a big NBA fan. I'm just, I'm ready for baseball season because last year was just so short. Yeah. I think I need to get the bitter taste out of my mouth from the Braves losing in game seven of the NLCS. But all that aside, I'm ready to kind of turn the page to this year. Now, are you in favor of what baseball is proposing to the players union? They're saying we are still going to pay you for the full 162, but because of some health and safety protocols we want to put in place, we'd rather start at the end of April as opposed to the beginning of April. So you're going to play 154 games. We're still going to pay the full salary. But we'd also like expanded playoffs, which we did last year. And we also kind of like the idea of that universal DH. Both things I know you've turned down in the past, but we're going to pay you the full salary and you're going to play fewer games. Let's just sneak these other two things in there. So this proposal will be for just this season? This season. You got a full, you, you have a whole new collective bargaining agreement coming after the 2021. Which I think is where you'll really see more sweeping changes. I don't think you're going to get expanded playoffs long term, but I do think you'll get the universal DH long term. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I think that for one season, um, if you want to trial a few things, especially coming off of what we had last season, go ahead and do it. The 154 doesn't bother me. We both feel like there are too many games in a regular season anyway. The late April start doesn't really bother me either. Um, as much as I do want the season to get going, because you know how many games do we have in April where it, it's freezing cold or there's snow in in the the areas where we watch, like New York, right? So I'm okay with that. Expanded playoffs, okay for one more season. I think I don't know that I care for that long term, and that you know how I feel about the universal DH. I think there should be universal no DH. And that the pitcher should bat in both leagues. Look, I, and I'm I'm in that camp really for the most part too. But um, having seen it for one year, it, it did grow on me. Out of all the rule changes, right? Uh, even if they were just temporary, out of the expanded playoffs, out of that international runner rule where you put a guy on second and extra innings, out of the the universal DH, um, the three batter minimum for a relief pitcher, uh, the seven inning double header. The DH was the one that I got on board with most. So where do we stand on those other ones you just mentioned? The runner at second, the seven-inning doubleheaders. Yeah, not. I mean, doesn't look like it's going to be part of baseball yeah. 21. But again, that collective bargaining agreement is going to be really, really interesting after this season. Yeah, the universal DH, the, the problem I have with it, aside from the fact that I've never, I've never liked a DH in general, is that also in today's game, it just serves to make National League games longer and the, the time of game is maybe baseball's biggest issue with keeping fans, I think, right now. So if they found a way to speed up the game you know, in other ways, maybe try some of those type of things in, in a one-season trial. Really try enforcing some of the things you have in place, maybe a pitch clock or different things like that where we can really keep the game moving. Do some of that type of stuff in this one year trial before you get a bigger collective bargaining agreement in place. Um, Because a DH is only going to serve to add to your biggest problem of these games take four hours. It's absurd. 
Yeah, I know. Jeff says, yeah, why not try it for a season, see what happens? Fans may love it. Yeah, and look, they tried the DH thing. I was staunchly against it. I experienced it for 60 games, and I thought, this isn't the worst thing in the world. No, and it I, depends on your team, too, right? If you've got a guy who... Oh, yeah, you know, Marcelo Zuna was a beast. <laughs> right, like, I mean, then, yeah, if, if you've got a guy in there, you know, a, a cesspitous type of guy or a guy yeah. who, you know, might be a liability for you even in the field, um, not that cesspitous was, but... You know, an example like that, where then you can still get their bat in the lineup. Yeah, then it's a good thing. But I miss to, to me. So time of game is baseball's biggest problem. It's second biggest is the lack of small ball. Another thing that the DH hurts because yes. you're not focused on bunting runners over. You know, it's, it's you're now playing even more for the big inning, which is another thing that I look at with baseball. Like we talked about when we had Brian Kenny on the show, you know, we miss base running and we miss balls in the gaps and guys being thrown out at bases, you know, those type of things. So don't make changes that are going to steer you away from what you need to be doing to improve the game. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you missed our conversation with Tiki Barber, here's why we had him on the show at the beginning. Uh, he is part of a really cool social media event to get you ready for the Super Bowl on Sunday, one until four Eastern. Um, he'll be, it won't be in Tampa, but it's called Tampa Bay Live, and it's live on Sue. Go to your app store on your smartphone. Download the Sue app. You can also go to suesocial.com and check out all the details there as well, what Tiki's doing really cool. Montel Williams, mm -hmm. Tino Martinez, Eric Casilius, longtime sports talk host uh, as well. So that was fun having Tiki on. Here's a factual statement, Bags. There is no D in Brooklyn. From a, spelling, from a spelling standpoint, there is also no D on this team. Look at the number on your screen. 124 and a half points since they made the James Harden trade. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games. Nine games. Yeah. What is going on in Brooklyn? Well, that so. Not that it's misleading because it's a stat, but I think that pins it more on James Harden when that's not the case. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm just it saying, well, well, no, I'm not I'm not pinning it on Harden, but I'm but the fact of the matter is in the Harden trade, Allen and Levert both yeah. went. No, hundred okay. percent. Um, yes, the Nets are the highest scoring team in the NBA. Yep. So if they're going to allow some points, you can normally live with that if you're going to be the highest scoring team in the night. And as Jeff points out, look what happened last night. Last night was a an epic choke job, of course. It, it shades of Reggie Miller with yes. uh, a, a turnover on an inbound, and I mean, you're up five with the shot clock dead. Yep. That, that's a game that you absolutely have to win. Now, look, every team endures a game like that during the course of a yeah. season. Maybe not quite to that extent, but one that you you have and you totally blow it, and oftentimes more than one. Okay, that was double heartbreaking for Brooklyn last night because. The three to Beal is one thing, then the turnover, and then the shot by Westbrook. But then, even in spite of that, you still get a chance to win the game, and then you get a second heartbreaker with a layup rimming out from TLC under the basket. But again, the Nets of all teams can endure a loss like that and bounce back and and you know not really feel that. There are veterans on this team who have been around long enough that they put those games behind them and they move on, right? Guys who, when you miss a shot, the next possession down, they're not thinking about the missed shot. So, like, they are good at pushing that behind, especially a regular season game. But 
What we're speaking to here is the bigger issue of a lack of defense. It is a big problem, and it's something if the Nets don't straighten out, come playoff time, they will get bounced, and it'll be before the NBA Finals because there are teams that are too good in the East that if you're going to compete with them and allow them to stay in games, allow them to keep pace with you scoring-wise, they're going to beat you. So it is something the Nets have to address. Thankfully, they've got some time to figure it out. I do think they've gotten better since the Harden deal in terms of um, playing together. There's an unselfishness to James Harden. Oh, yeah. Almost too unselfish up until the last couple of games where we've seen him be more aggressive. He didn't play last night for rest. Um, but I think the Harden move, they're making it work. They've kind of figured it out offensively. They look like they can play well together. But if they don't figure out the other side of the ball, it, there's going to be problems in Brooklyn. 124 and a half. If it just, I know it's nine games, but if that lasted the course of the season, they would finish dead last in the NBA in terms of scoring average to opponents. Currently, the last place team in that stat, the Wizards at 121 and change. And three points doesn't sound, but three points is a lot it if is. you look at it over the average of a season. Now, mm -hmm. nine games is nine games, but three points would become a big gap if that is, in fact, where they end up. Do you know, and we'll get to NBA championship odds here in a second because we haven't done that since the Harden trade. So mm -hmm. some of the some of the teams and slots are really interesting. Um, do you know who the best defensive team is in the NBA in terms of points allowed to opponents per game? Boy, I hope you're not going to tell me. It's not the Lakers, right? Not the Lakers. Okay. Uh, I would have, without having any knowledge of this at all, I would have to guess um... – like the Lakers or the or or I'm sorry, the, the Celtics or the Bucks. Okay. It is the New York Knicks. Wow. How about that? You were then 103 points per game. Now they gave up a bunch to the Clippers yesterday, 124, I think. Um, but 102 and change under Tom Thibodeau this season. I mean, that makes sense. That fits the identity of the coach. Look at Brooklyn. We're fitting the identity of our coach and our coaching staff. Score a lot of points, get up and down. I mean, the pace is ridiculous. That's yeah. D'Antoni. Maybe yeah. that's Nash too, probably, right? So, Well, that's Nash. that was Nash playing for D'Antoni. Playing for D'Antoni, right. So, uh, yeah, maybe if you are really the – maybe that speaks to the importance of the coach in the NBA, at least in terms of the identity or style of play. Um, and look – D'Antoni didn't get over that hump, right? His teams right. were good. They could score a lot of points, but they never found a way to play enough defense to win a championship. So the Nets are going to have to make that adjustment. I would have liked to have seen them bring in a guy, a more defensive-minded guy, because you've got the offensive weapons. You don't need you don't need a pace of play or a style of play that's going to make Kevin Durant score points or James Harden score points. You know, you need to improve the areas where collectively you might have some gaps. And in this Nets case, it's the defense. Where's the first surprise on your screen? Obviously, I think everybody would figure LA and Brooklyn one and two. Where's the first surprise in the order of Vegas odds to win the NBA title for you? Maybe maybe it's a Jazz team ahead of the Celtics um, or even the Nuggets. I think that, you know, they went on a huge winning streak, right? They've they had a, they've had a lot of success, and they're they're a, a playoff caliber team. We know that um, they had that incredible playoff series last season, right? When we had when it was they were against the Nuggets. Yep. Um, Murray and Mitchell. Murray, Murray and Mitchell. Mitchell going back and forth, scoring forty points. It was incredible. But I think because the Celtics, 
might have a little easier road in the East, right? Maybe I'd put them a little bit ahead of, in the championship odds just because the path is a little bit easier. And I still think the Nuggets are overall a better team despite this, this big win streak for the Jazz. I'd still have the Nuggets ranked higher. But there's nothing too shocking here. Um, you know, Philadelphia, they, they are what they are. The Bucks. I mean, Philadelphia may be, may be a little – Maybe a little high there, right? Ooh, see, I think I think that's where you get your first value pick is Philadelphia <laughs> at twelve okay. to one. Like you could make good money off a twelve to one bet, and I think Philadelphia presents. But I, Utah was my pick to win it all last year. Yeah, preseason. I know that was stupid, but but they were my pick last year when to win it all. Um, another really good value pick there, right? Like if you're just going to throw twenty bucks down on somebody. It doesn't make sense to to bet it on the Nets. You're not going to make any money. Okay, but, but fine. Value bet, fine. But look at 12 to 1 versus the Celtics, 20 to 1. I mean, think about that. A Brad Stevens coach team, yeah. a Celtics team, or a team led by Joel Embiid. I mean, really. Okay. Philly doesn't scare you, huh? It's not that they don't scare me. Look. Every team would scare me right now the way the Nets are playing because you can go you can go and get beat four games if you're not going to play any defense. I don't care if you have Kyrie, Durant, and Harden on the team. So, yes, and they, they would present some matchup difficulties, I think. Yeah. But they don't scare me any more than a okay. Celtics team or a Bucks team. It's, you know, those are the teams right now you focus on in the East is you're going to have to get through. You're probably going to have to beat two of them on your way to a championship. So, um yeah, they don't scare me any more than those teams. Okay. All right, we're both on the Chiefs for the record, right? Yeah, on the record. Boy, this isn't going to go well. Who will you be rooting for? I don't know. Hmm. I really don't know. Um, probably Kansas City. You can't root for Brady. How can you root for I know you, you said he's become more likable. Very likable. Now, look, I, of course, didn't like him last week. <laughs> no. But... I think he's very likable now as a person and a player. If he were yeah, to get his seventh, his seventh. So would you root for him for the legacy? And you want to see, well, you want to be able to say, hey, I've seen a guy win seven or whatever, you know. Yeah, I don't know. What's the difference between six or seven? Nobody's ever going to catch him from the quarterback position. Tiki, had I liked his point though. And I, I, I always felt this way too when I – when LeBron and Bosch went to Miami and then when Golden State became what they were, like I was never a hater of those teams because I like witnessing just kind of the greatness of it all. And Tiki's yeah. point was he that that's how he feels. Like he's not a fan. He he likes to witness greatness. That would be Brady, man. Brady getting a seventh. Remember when we thought four was unattainable? Like, oh, Montana and Bradshaw have four. No one's ever going to get that again. I mean, Brady I might double them before it's all said and done. Yeah, but you know what? If Mahomes gets two... This yeah. early, the yeah. way his team's going and how talented he is, who knows? All right, we're both on the Chiefs. Will they cover the three? You were a 38-35, no? Yeah. It's going to be – I'd have it as a push. Yeah, okay. And I'll say yes, they cover. They win by a touchdown, I think. Somehow they find a way with all that offensive power to get it done uh, against the Buccaneers. Uh, Jeff, one more time here. Brady's just happy he doesn't have to see Eli in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, look, I mean, 0-3 against the NFC East in the Super Bowl is Tom Brady. So you You'd rather play Eli Manning than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. All right, Bags. Uh, 
Enjoy the week, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday. And of course, we'll talk to you this time next week after the game. Thanks for watching Honorado and